Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi there! Welcome to History in Retrograde. This is the podcast where we use the ancient art of astrology to help us better understand the past. I'm your co-host, Chandler O'Quinn, and joining me live via satellite is my mom! Hi, Mom! Hi, Chandler! How are you? I'm doing very well. Are you ready to begin another grand experiment? Absolutely! I'm always ready to do another experiment. And let's give it a whirl! All right, and I'd also like to thank everyone for listening and for paying attention and for learning. I know that there are a lot of people out there who are absolutely learning things from this, which is very exciting. I am getting messages from people, and that's very, very um, good for my soul to know that somehow I'm helping people understand astrology a little bit better. Yes, it's uh, great. Uh, we're getting people from uh, all over the spectrum of knowledge about astrology and history, uh, sending us messages that uh, they are really enjoying this little uh, this little cocktail that we've mixed up for people, and that's uh, very nice. It's lovely, and we love you all. Thank you so much. And uh, for those of you, if this is your uh, first episode of History in Retrograde, uh, the way that the podcast works is that in a moment I will give the astrological birth data of a random historical figure to my mother. Uh, Now you, the uh, listening audience, already know who this historical figure is. It is in the title of today's episode. And I, of course, know who it is because I selected this person. But Mom has no idea who this person could be. Uh, So uh, I will give her the uh, data necessary to create an astrological birth chart. Uh, That is the birth date, time, and location. She will enter that into the BAT computer, and out will come the astrological birth chart, where all of the planets, moons, and stars were at the moment that person was born. Uh, She will then give us an initial reading, uh, doing her best to uh, give us the personality traits, uh, characteristics, fortunes of this mystery history guest. Uh, I will then uh, ask a few discussion questions and then reveal who our guest is and then uh, give a little background about the person. 
And uh, then later on, we will uh, discuss how accurate the chart was at uh, predicting what that person would do. Uh, so without further ado, let us begin. All right. Uh, this is a female. Mm-hmm. Born on the 9th of November. Uh-huh. 1849. All right. Uh, we do not have a birth time, so we'll have to go with noon. All right. Uh, the uh, country uh, nowadays, it is Slovakia. Oh. At the time that uh, she was born, it was part of the... Austro-Hungarian Empire, Ooh. but Slovakia and uh, Nove, N-O-V-E, Zomki. Is that two words? Oh, I see it. And I apologize for my pronunciation of that. So again, this is a female born on November 9th, 1849. Uh, We do not know the time. In the uh, current country of Slovakia, Nove Zomki. All right. My goodness. Interesting. All right. Well, clearly we have a splash chart, which is unique. Uh, This is the rarest chart that there is. Uh, Honestly, um, there are more charts that have uh, more planets in, you know, either a quadrant or a hemisphere. But this person clearly has planets all the way around their chart. Uh, Very interesting. All right. Okay. So since we do not know the birth time of this person, uh, we're going to start with uh, their planets, okay? And how their planets interact with each other, all right? Just to kind of get an overview of this person, if we are looking at this person from uh, consideration that they were born at noon, um, that would put their rising sign as Capricorn. Uh, Capricorn rising people uh, normally seem to be in control. They are uh, elegant dressers, uh, sometimes even considered stunning in a very, um, for lack of a better term, like a, a just elegant, they're elegant, like they wouldn't, they might be, they could be wearing something provo- provocative but th- as far as a woman, but they would still appear very elegant and composed. It's uh, very interesting. And uh, this person has sun in Scorpio at 16 degrees, uh, which per this chart is showing in their ninth house, which we don't know for sure. Uh, Their moon is in Virgo, Uh, Mercury is in Libra, Venus is in Libra, so they have Mercury and Venus conjunct in Libra, Mars is in Cancer, 
Jupiter is in Virgo. Saturn is in Aries. And Uranus is in Aries. Neptune is in Pisces. Pluto is in Aries. And their north node is in Leo. And their Chiron is in Scorpio. So, let's look at this. Neptune in the first house. See how their first house cusp is 20 degrees Capricorn, but then it changes to Aquarius here. Mm -hmm. And it also changes to Pisces here. So that's how narrow their house cusps are. All right. It's very interesting. You don't normally have, well, I mean, you can, but um, usually you'll have just, you know, the, the house cusp and then one sign, but not necessarily two in one. Three? One, two, three. Yeah, three. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, going by this chart, saying that this person has Capricorn rising uh, and their Neptune is in Pisces at two degrees in the first house, it would make them appear ethereal. Like having Neptune in the first house also gives them a very... Um, it, it could make them very psychic. Uh, having Neptune in Pisces anyway is going to make you psychic because Neptune rules Pisces. All right. So here you have a, an extra dose of your Neptune in Pisces. Okay. Uh, it also would make them have the ability to completely disguise themselves. So for an actor, it would be very handy. It would also be very handy for a spy uh, to be able to completely disappear if they want to uh, and become anything they want. In this chart, uh, we have Saturn in the second house in Aries. Saturn in Aries in the second house. Aries is the planet of war and desire and masculinity and uh, leadership, but leadership like a, a general, you know, and this person has Saturn in Aries at one degree and Uranus in Aries at 23 degrees. So Uranus is a planet of, you know, Uranus rules Aquarius, Saturn rules Capricorn. So Uranus conjunct Saturn is a very interesting combination because they both want to oppose each other. Like Uranus is spontaneity and, and unexpected and, and futuristic and, 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 uh, technology and Saturn is very controlled the teacher what you learn and they're both in Aries the you know sign of of direction and 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 goals and 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 war and all of these things and then add to that Pluto at 27 degrees Aries conjunct all of this Aries and this Pluto is in the third house, third house of communications. 
I, I know, man. This this woman has the ability to be a spy. Like she can hide. She has all this um, uh, controlled chaos and power in Aries. Uh, very interesting. Let me keep looking. Because I don't know for sure what houses these are going to fall in. You know what I mean? Uh, so she has uh fourth house cusp is Taurus, which would, if this were her time of birth, make her uh very um uh happy in her home. Uh her home would be uh uh comfortable and and uh inviting. Fifth house is uh, Gemini in this chart. Sixth house is Cancer. And this person has Mars in Cancer. Wow, that's interesting because all this Aries, this fiery power that she has. And then she has Mars in Cancer, which is like, can you take all that fire and channel it into something nurturing? Because cancer is always going to be nurturing unless it's fighting you, which is always backing up and fighting you if it's that side of cancer. But in this situation, I feel like this person, this person has uh, a lot of power to channel into this nurturing. Uh, and then seventh house cusp. Okay, so... Actually, her fourth house cusp and her fifth house cusp and her sixth house cusp. Fourth is Taurus. Fifth and sixth are Gemini. Just slightly. You see how it changes right there, Chandler? Mm -hmm. yeah, just slightly. And then the sixth house is uh, Cancer. See, it changes to Cancer right there. Interesting. All right, and this person has North Node in Leo, in this chart, if we're going by this, in the seventh house. That is not necessarily where her North Node is, but the fact that her North Node is in Leo is going to make her a natural leader. She is a natural leader. Whether she's leading other Leo aspects, like being a leader, like literally being one, which she has all this Aries, so she's got a lot of leadership potential. Or if she's using it for, uh, you know, to help children or uh, families somehow, entertainment, some forms of entertainment, performer or not, uh, but it's at 29 degrees. So, uh, interesting interesting and this also could change with uh probably not but it could possibly change because see it's 29 i want to say that's 29 uh i can't see what those numbers are but that it could be a different degree you know what i mean like she could be uh one degree virgo north node or she could be uh less degrees leo north node either way she has both aspects because she's at 29 degrees uh north node in leo right so she's definitely going to have uh north node aspects that are virgonian like um uh 
uh, work and work ethic and hard worker, you know, and, and, and her work being top quality, wanting it to be the best. You know what I mean? So then we go to her eighth house cause, which is Virgo. And here she has a moon, Jupiter, just double checking. Uh-huh. And Mercury. No. Venus. I'm sorry, Venus. Uh do, 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 do. no, her Venus is at 19 degrees of Libra. Okay, because this changes the house cast. So in this situation, she has moon conjunct Jupiter. If this is actually her correct rising sign, that would mean that. There's a lot of good fortune coming from the mother and women. Uh, either way, whether this is correct or not, she has good fortune uh, connected to women and her mother and uh, her emotions. But it's in Virgo. So having moon in Virgo is an interesting placement because Virgos can be very analytical, very analytical. So it's kind of like having moon and Capricorn in that, uh, you're not so connected to your emotions. You're more analytical about your emotions where moon and Capricorn people more, they want to sort of control their emotions. They want to not be, you know, they want to be like Spock. People who have moon in Capricorn want to be like Spock, right? They, they prefer not to deal with their emotions. And when they do deal with their emotions, it can be like when Spock just loses it, right? And he's yeah. so emotional. So it's a very interesting teeter-totter for people who have moon in Capricorn. People with moon in Virgo are going to be in that same sort of element in that their emotions are not as they're not as connected to them like they would be if their moon was in you know a water sign or a fire sign or anything other than virgo maybe gemini and capricorn those three i really think tend to have difficulty and maybe moon and aquarius too moon and aquarius people might have a little bit of uh issue there with their emotions but this person uh, has a lot of, uh, fortune, good fortune with mother and women, uh, or they should, um, then Venus in Libra and Mercury in Libra. Ooh, the first thing that comes to mind is sweet talker, like really like pretty talk, like, uh, because Libra's pretty. <laughs> Libra is very, it's the balance, it's the scales, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's ruler is Venus, you know, and here this person has Venus conjunct Mercury in Libra. It's just a very, I would think that this person would have had, um, very good, uh, negotiate, be able to negotiate, right? Am I, am I close at all? 
Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, also, this person has Uranus opposing uh, both of these by degree. So somehow, unexpected and Pluto opposing this uh, situation, lending energy to it, like forcing this issue. You know what I mean? Like this Aries forcing this communication, this Libra communication. But it also could be a writer or performer. This person has Sun in Scorpio. So Sun in Scorpio would definitely like the finer things in life. And their sun is conjunct their midhaven. So they should have had great, um, been very, you know, career oriented. Now, again, that has to do with this, if they were born at noon, which we don't know. Also, Chiron at 29 degrees Scorpio uh, shows that there is some uh, wounded healer energy with things that are Plut Plutonian, you know, like death and rebirth, uh, hidden things, the occult, um, secrets, things like that. Do you have any questions? Uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, you talked earlier about, uh, their North node. What would their South node be? Well, the opposite of Leo would be here in Aquarius. Right? Mm hmm So, if they weren't, uh... You know, if they weren't following their north node, then uh, they would be more humanitarian in that, you know. I don't know. I mean, um, it's always harder for me to do the ones that don't have a birth time because <laughs> I can't get as mm -hmm. accurate as I want to get. I want to get really super accurate, you know, mm -hmm. and I can't do it. Um. What role would sexuality play in their life? Well, this person has Mars in uh, Cancer uh, and Venus in Libra. So, but their sun is in Scorpio. All right. So, uh, I would think that sexuality would be I mean just because their son is in Scorpio I think their sexuality would be uh, important Venus rules Libra and Venus is in Libra are you speaking of like um, to be sexy or are you speaking of uh, uh, whether or not they were heterosexual no. Okay, so... The, the first one. Okay, so I would think with Sun and Scorpio that they were probably kind of sexy. I mean, I... 
I'm thinking about all the Scorpios that I know. And all of them have, uh, they like sex. They like it pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, not that everyone doesn't, you know, but I just mean for Scorpios, it's more of an aspect of their personality, you know, Uh like it's not just like a physical thing that you do with someone that, you know, you care about or whatever. I uh, think Scorpios, it's it's very important to them. As it's part of their, it's part of their who they are. Um, is this an intelligent person? They have Mercury or an intellectual. They have Mercury in Libra. So having Mercury in Libra would make them. Uh, I would assume that it would make them pursue things you know like poetry and classic things uh classic uh, novels uh i would think that this person was uh really you know a, a person who would pursue intellectual things but more like like not so much like if they had, you know, Mercury in Gemini or Mercury in, in Aquarius or Mercury in a fire sign where they just were like, you know, starving for uh more information. Uh-huh. I would think that this person was more interested in pretty I, I don't know, it's Mercury and Libra, so it's pretty. Um Okay. But it could be it, the other side of that, like, is super legal, right? To pursue legal knowledge and knowledge of, uh, you know, justice. I don't know if that helps. Okay. Um, how would men react to her? Well... With Sun in Scorpio and Venus in Libra uh, and Jupiter conjunct Moon and Leo as the North Node and Mars in Cancer, I think men would like her. Mm. I think men would not, but I don't know. I mean, I think that men, I don't know. I, 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 don't know what a rising sign is for sure so it's hard to say but i mean there there's no reason for men not to like her she doesn't have mars and i don't know like aries or you know something that would put them off per se okay um what would she look for in a uh, romantic partner? Well, she has Mars in Cancer. So she would be looking for someone who is nurturing and watery. I mean, she could, all, well, when you have Mars in Cancer, you can also be interested in anything that trines that Mars. Like she could look for another Scorpio. So, you know, she could look for someone with Mars and Scorpio or Mars and Pisces, you know, uh, but she definitely 
isn't looking for a man. I would say she's not looking for a man to overpower her. Whereas some women who are really strong want a man who could overpower her, but doesn't. You know what I mean? So in this situation... So more of an equal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what role would travel play in their life? Well, if this chart was accurate at the time of birth, I would look to the ninth house. Okay. And in this chart, we have sun and Mercury in the ninth house. So I would say that that travel would be very important to this person. Um, but since we do not know for sure what time this person was born, I look to the Jupiter because Jupiter rules Sagittarius and this person has Jupiter in Virgo, which would mean like this person would, their travel would be very organized and possibly have to do with medical issues or researching medical things or, um, uh, having to do with work. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Uh, organization. All the things that are represented by Virgo. Um, what sort of profession do you think uh, this woman would go into? Well, it's, uh, 
again, this is very difficult because we don't know for sure uh, what her houses are. But I mean, the planets that she has and the placement of them in the signs that they're in, I think, um, oh no, I mean, I would think she would be some sort of, hmm. well, I mean, she does have, Nep I mean, here's one side of it, okay? She has Sun in Scorpio and Neptune in Pisces. She could be, you know, a psychic, like a, 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 a reader, some kind of uh, a person connected to esoteric, right? But she has this Mercury and Venus in Libra, which is very soft and, you know, a person who can negotiate. And with Jupiter conjunct Moon, she could negotiate for women. Um, and Mars and Cancer, that's very nurturing. So, uh... I don't know. She could be anything from a, a, a very good spy to a very nurturing sort of educator to a person who would be pulling from their um, psychic abilities and be able to, you know, uh, connect to other realms. It, 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 it's very hard to tell when I don't have the time of birth. You know how frustrated I get when I don't have it and I can't, I can't get detailed on it because it's, um, it's a mystery to me. Mm -hmm. And then, then after you tell me who it is, then I might be able to say, oh, well, they probably had, you know, this rising. And then I can kind of get an idea of where, you know, that everything fell in the chart. Mm -hmm. Um, how would she uh, handle herself in a physical altercation? Well, she has Saturn and Uranus and Pluto in Aries. And she has North Node in Leo. And Sun in a Scorpio. Uh, I mean, she, she could be very fierce. But that sun in Scorpio would give her the opportunity to manipulate her way around it. But she has the power to just knock somebody out. She wants to. Okay. Uh, so uh, is there uh, anything else that uh, stands out to you about the chart? I am completely in a quandary because I would, I would really like to know what the rising sign of this person is it would be very helpful to me <laughs> because i would um i would like to know you know as always i like to know where everything really sits but i think i might be able to get more clarity once you tell me who it is because if i'm not if i'm not hitting on things for this person I know, I really feel like it's because we don't have the time of earth as, as mm -hmm. always, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. all I can do is give you the planetary aspects of the person. And, uh, that's all I, that's uh, my hands are kind of tied. 
for the rest mm-hmm. of it. Uh, well, let's uh, go ahead and do our uh, summary of our findings. Um, so uh, this person can uh, appear to be in control. Um, might be an elegant dresser. Uh, stunning. Uh, elegant, even if she were wearing something provocative. Uh, a composed person. Ethereal. Possibly psychic. Uh, could completely disguise themselves, would be chameleon-like. Uh, possibly a spy. Espionage might play a role in their life. Uh, they would possibly be happy in their home. Uh, there would be uh, comfort and inviting uh, in the home. Uh, there's a fiery power within her. Uh, and uh, she might be able to channel that fire into nurturing. Uh, a natural leader in Leo things. So it could be leadership, could be family, children, could be entertainment. Uh, a hard worker and uh, wanting top quality work. Uh, good fortune coming from women uh, and her mother. Uh, it could be a sweet talker or uh, someone who communicates about pretty things. A good negotiator. Uh, like the finer things in life, uh, would be a career-oriented person. Uh, sexuality uh, would be important or uh, is a part of their personality. Uh, intellectual pursuits, uh, the pursuit of classic things, literature, poetry, uh, possibly even uh, legal things and justice. Uh, men would like her. Uh, looking for a nurturing partner, not looking for someone to overpower them, but someone to be their equal. Uh, travel would be important. Uh, organized travel, medical-oriented travel, uh, having th- travel having to do with work. Uh, could be a psychic, uh, could be a spy, a teacher, or uh, uh, lean into that psychic connection, and would be a fierce fighter. Uh, did I leave anything out? No, that sounds that sounds about right. It's a very interesting chart. Um, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see who this is. So, um, yeah, I, I, I the uh, you are looking at the astrological birth chart of uh, Mary Catherine Horney, uh, otherwise known as Big Nose Kate. <gasps> Uh, Big Nose Kate is uh, best known for being the uh, partner, the common-law wife of Doc Holliday. Uh, She was uh, one of the biggest characters of the Old West and uh, was uh, uh, involved with the Earps and Dodge City and Tombstone and uh, all of the things going on in uh, the Old West. Uh, But uh, she began her life as uh, Mary Catherine Horney, uh, born uh, November 9th, 1849, in uh, Nove Zomsky, uh, Hungary. Uh, she is the uh, second daughter of, I'm going to say it's pronounced Mihail and Katalin Horony. Uh, Mihail was a, a physician and a teacher. And uh, there are a couple of different stories about how the uh, family ended up coming to America. One of them says that Mihail was the... Uh, personal physician of uh, the Emperor Maximilian. Oh uh, so when uh, Maximilian, uh, when they when they tried to 
make Mexico into a part of France, uh, the whole Cinco de Mayo story. Uh, they uh, got this Austro-Hungarian uh, to Maximilian to go over to Mexico. He took his uh, personal physician, uh, the uh, Mihail Horony, with him, uh, and then things didn't go so well for Maximilian, and uh, the Horonies had to get their way out of uh, Mexico and come to the United States. Mm. Uh, another uh, less fantastic story is that they just immigrated to the United States, came through New York like everybody else did. And uh, eventually, what we do know for sure is that uh, they found their ways to Davenport, Iowa in 1862. Uh, three years later, um, Hale and Catalin, uh, actually Catalin had uh, died previously, but the stepmother, uh, they both died in 1865 uh, within a month of each other uh, from illness. Mm. Uh, so the two daughters, uh, Mary Catherine and, and her sister, uh, eventually found themselves placed in the home of Otto Smith, who was a lawyer in the area. Uh, this uh, was not the life that... Uh, Kate uh, wanted, and so she ran away. Uh, at the age of 16, she ran away on a riverboat uh, bound for St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is in St. Louis where she had her uh, first encounter uh, with uh, the man that uh, would be known as Doc Holliday. Uh, Holliday uh, had uh, just gotten his degree in dentistry, uh, but uh, was not able to actually open a practice yet. And so he had a friend in St. Louis who uh, had a a dental office. And so Doc Holliday was uh, doing some work there and uh, they met. And uh, uh, it is very likely that uh, Doc Holliday made a a great impression on uh, Kate's uh, in her life, uh, this uh, very uh, well-spoken, intellectual Southern gentleman and the very rough and rowdy uh, West um, would have stood out. Mm. Uh, but uh, Doc eventually went back to uh, Georgia and uh, to uh, try and work on uh, his dental career. And uh, uh, Mary Catherine uh, stayed in St. Louis for a while. Uh, she uh, enrolled in a, a, a convent school, uh, trying to uh, uh, learn uh, whatever they could uh, teach there at the uh, convent. But um, the convent was uh, not the life for uh, <laughs> Big Nose Kate. Uh, she would find herself in a more fitting position uh, in Kansas. In uh, 1874, uh, she uh, was fined. She was arrested uh, for working as what they called a sporting woman. Oh! She was working at the brothel that was owned by Nell Earp. Uh, Nell uh, was the wife of James Earp, who is the brother of Wyatt and Virgil and Morgan and uh, James... Well, he was James Earp. But uh, so uh, this is where uh, Big Nose Kate uh, got her connections with the Earps. Uh, Two years later, in 1876, uh, Kate moved to Fort Griffin, Texas, uh, and is there uh, that she met up with Doc Holliday for the second time. Um, Doc Holliday developed tuberculosis, and so he went out west uh, to try uh, to get the dry air uh, that would hopefully prolong his life. Uh, And Doc Holliday, he tried to be a dentist, but figured he was a much better gambler instead. (laughs) And uh, with the sort of work that uh, Big Nose Kate found herself in, uh, they uh, 
became acquainted uh, very quickly. Uh, it is in Fort Griffin that Doc Holliday met Wyatt Earp, and it is very likely that Big Nose Kate was the one who facilitated that introduction. Uh, Kate already knowing uh, the Earps from her time in Kansas. Um, Wyatt Earp was in Fort Griffin uh, on the trail of Dirty Dave Rudabaugh, and uh, Dirty Dave was no friend of Doc Holliday, and so uh, Doc Holliday gladly gave information to Wyatt Earp about the whereabouts of Rudabaugh. Uh, then uh, Wyatt Earp left, uh, went back up to Kansas, and uh, Big Nose Kate and Doc uh, stayed in Fort Griffin for a while. Uh, Doc uh, getting into the usual trouble that he did. Uh, during a game that was played in one of the saloons in Fort Griffin, there was a man named Ed Bailey, and uh, he uh, was, uh, uh, they were in a card game in the saloon, and Ed kept checking the uh, discard pile. So after the cards had been used in the poker game, he kept checking to make sure that Doc was not cheating. Uh, well, this was a great insult to Doc Holliday, and uh, so the two uh, start to get uh, exchanging words and got heated, and then Ed pulled out a gun. Doc Holliday pulled out a knife and gutted him right there on the spot. Oh, no! Uh, so, uh, Ed was killed, uh, there on the saloon floor. Doc was arrested. Uh, he was sure that everything would be fine because this was a clear sign of self-defense. Uh, but, the uh, it wasn't necessarily always the law that was out to, uh, hang a man. Sometimes there was vigilantes and, uh, there were such vigilantes out in, uh, Fort Griffin that night, uh, saying that they were going to hang Doc Holliday right there on the spot. Uh, so Big Nose Kate, uh, she decided that she would uh, come to Doc's rescue. Uh, she went uh, into the town, found an old abandoned shack, and lit it on fire. Mm. Uh, while everyone was going to pull out the flames, she went into the sheriff's office, wielding two pistols in her hands, uh, and demanded that the uh, sheriff turn over Doc to her, uh, which he gladly complied. <laughs> and uh, uh, Doc Holliday and Big Nose Kate uh, ran away from Fort Griffin. Uh, it is possible, what she says is that they were actually married uh, in the time between they left Fort Griffin and the time that they arrived in Dodge City, Kansas. Uh, we do know that uh, they signed the register at the hotel they were staying in in Kansas as Mr. and Mrs. Doc Holliday, but that could have just been to make them sharing a room more of a propriety not really sure. There's no evidence to back up that they ever were married. There's other evidence saying that they were married in Georgia. It's a lot of uh, confusing information about the Old West. Uh, so, but they stayed in uh, Dodge City for a while. Uh, they uh, apparently said they were going to clean up their acts for each other. Uh, so she would no longer be a sporting girl, <laughs> and uh, Doc Holliday would no longer be a gambler. He would be a dentist again. Uh, but, uh, this did not work out for very long. Uh, Kate said that she liked being a sporting girl uh, because uh, she, uh, as as that sort of woman, uh, she didn't belong to no man or no house. There you go. Uh, completely independent. Yeah. Uh, so uh, by the early uh, or the late 1870s, early 1880s, uh, Dodge City was no longer the boom town. Uh, people had their eyes farther west, and uh, Doc's friends, the Earps, uh, went out to Arizona, and Doc wasn't uh, far behind. Uh, so Doc and Kate uh, went out to Arizona. Uh, they uh, 
spent some time in New Mexico, some time in uh, Prescott and other parts of Arizona. Eventually, Doc found his way to Tombstone along with the uh, rest of the Earps. Uh, Kate actually split off, and she ran her own boarding house in Globe, Arizona. Uh, but uh, she uh, would frequently travel the 175 miles south to go visit Doc uh, in Tombstone. On uh, March 15th, 1881, uh, there was a stagecoach robbery outside of uh, Tombstone. Uh, and uh, I, I'm going to give you just enough of the uh, information about Tombstone to uh, get you uh, sort of situated in the role that Big Nose Kate played in all this. This is certainly not comprehensive, uh, but Tombstone being this uh, new uh, town, this uh, mining operation that had opened up, uh, well, there were uh, people who'd been there for a few years before the mine was ever discovered. Uh, they were ranchers uh, had been in the area since right after the Civil War, and they didn't like the whole turn that the uh, area had uh, made towards uh, the uh, 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 industry and all these uh, Easterners coming in. Uh, they liked things the way that they were, and uh, they eventually uh, organized themselves and called themselves the uh, Cochise County Cowboys. And uh, they were involved in all sorts of uh, illegal acts. They uh, were rustling cattle from uh, all over uh, the United States and going into Mexico and stealing cattle from there, too. And uh, Enter uh, uh, against the cowboys were the Earps, uh, who were these uh, northeastern uh, uh, people trying to uh, uh, hold up industry and hold up, try and make uh, Tombstone a respectable place for their business interests. And uh, that set these two apart. So in March, when the stagecoach robbery happened, uh, this just happened uh, to occur at the same time that Doc and Big Nose Kate had had one of their uh, famous spats uh, that they uh, occasionally had with each other. And uh, so uh, the cowboys were able to uh, comply uh, uh, Big Nose Kate with lots of alcohol uh, into signing an affidavit saying that she knew that Doc Holliday was involved in the stagecoach robbery. And this was a major allegation, especially since uh, two of the men on the stagecoach were shot dead. Uh, so uh, she signed this affidavit, and then uh, uh, things kind of uh, – uh, th 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 those were very harsh words to, to sign against your supposedly significant other. They hit a bit of a rough patch after that. <laughs> but, uh, the Earps were able to uh, prove uh, Doc Holliday's uh, innocence in all this, uh, showing uh, that he was actually uh, – believe it or not, in a gambling hall at the time and uh, was not at the scene of the crime. And uh, But they did seem to work out uh, the, this uh, incident that had happened. Doc Holliday paid for uh, Kate to go back up to uh, Globe, Arizona, to go to her boarding house. Uh, but by the fall, uh, Doc and Kate uh, were uh, back together. Uh, on uh, In October 20th of 1881, uh, Doc and Kate were in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, they were attending the uh, St. Augustine Feast and Fair. And it is there that Morgan Earp uh, rode up to uh, Tucson uh, to fetch Doc, saying that the Earps needed help, that uh, this was coming to a head between the Earps and the Cowboys and uh, that Doc was going to be needed for his uh, sharpshooting skills. Uh, so they left and uh, came back to Tombstone. Doc and Kate together uh, stayed at uh, Fly's Boarding House in Tombstone, uh, and it is uh, there on October 26, 1881, uh, that um, 
Uh, we have uh, one of the uh, witness accounts of what would be one of the uh, famous, uh, most famous shootouts in all of Old West history. Uh, so on the morning of October 26, 1881, uh, they were staying at Fly's boarding house, and Kate recalls that there uh, was a man who entered into the lobby. Uh, he had a bandage around his head and a rifle in his arms, uh, shouting uh, he wanted to see Doc Holliday. He wanted to see Doc. Uh, that man was uh, Ike Clanton. Uh, Clanton uh, and the McClowries, they were involved with the uh, Cowboys uh, opposing Holiday and the Earps, uh, and it is very likely that he was there to try and kill Doc Holiday that morning. Uh, the uh, he had a bandage across his uh, head because uh, Virgil Earp had actually uh, pistol whipped him early that morning. Earlier that morning. Oh my. Uh, so uh, eventually, as the uh, morning went into afternoon, it was clear uh, that the uh, uh, Clantons and McClowries uh, were in the alley right uh, next to uh, Fly's boarding house and that they had guns on them. And there was a gun ordinance in the town saying that you had to give up your guns at the uh, city limits, and they had not done so. So uh, Wyatt Earp, uh, Virgil Earp, uh, uh, and... and uh, uh, Morgan Earp and Doc Holliday went down the street to go and try and get the guns away from the Clantons and McClowries. All the previous night, uh, Ike Clanton had been saying that he won. He was out for the Earps. He was going to kill him. He was going to kill him. Uh, but as according to what the Earps and Holliday say, they were just there to disarm them. Uh, they approached the alley and, uh, issued uh, the warning give us your guns now and uh, then uh, there was no one really knows who shot first but there were uh, 30 seconds and 30 shots fired in those 30 seconds and at the end of it uh, everyone except Wyatt uh, Earp was uh, injured uh, and then uh, uh, the uh, Clantons and McClowries uh, were all dead. Uh, Ike Clanton, who the one who had actually started everything, did not have a gun on him, and so he actually ran away. Uh, so <laughs> after these uh, famous uh, 30 seconds, uh, Big Nose Kate says that Doc Holliday went up uh, to his room and sat on the edge of the bed and just wept. Uh, uh, so sad about how this had all gone down and the intensity of it. Doc Holliday had certainly killed other men before, but had never been in that sort of pressure, uh, uh, the gunfight uh, of what that uh, famous gunfight was. And so it played uh, a major role uh, on his emotions that night. Uh, and that's really the last account that we have of Doc and Kate being together. Uh, the uh, Earps and Holiday were uh, charged with murder, but they were acquitted. And then uh, Wyatt Earp uh, and Doc Holiday, along with uh, some of their allies, went on the famous vendetta ride, uh, going down and hunting down all the cowboys that were involved in the uh, uh, shootout and the uh, murder of uh, the other Earp uh, brother. Uh, so uh, Wyatt Earp would eventually end up in Colorado uh, at a sanitarium to try and take care of the tuberculosis, and he would die from that tuberculosis in 1887. Uh, shortly thereafter, uh, Kate married uh, a man uh, named George Cummings, and Cummings, uh, he was not a good guy either. Uh, he was uh, an abusive alcoholic. 
Uh, she uh, got away from him. Uh, she ran a bakery for a little while in Brisbee, Arizona. Uh, she eventually settled down with a, name, with a man named uh, John Howard uh, in 1910. Uh, they were together for 20 years. And in 1930, he passed away, and uh, she took care of the estate. And then she petitioned the uh, governor of Arizona to be the first woman admitted into the Arizona Pioneer Home. Uh, and she was uh, actually granted that uh, in uh, 1930. 31, and uh, she lived there until her death in 1940. So, uh, Big Nose Kate, uh, one of the uh, colorful characters. Uh, the big Nose, uh, some people say that it's because she had an actual Big Nose, but Wyatt Earp actually said uh, that uh, she got the name Big Nose because of her strong, bold character, that she valued her freedom over anything else. And uh, so it, it was about how strong and tough she was more than any physical appearance. Um, but certainly uh, uh, one of the uh, uh, major characters of the Old West. Very, very, very interesting. And as you were, you know, describing all of this history of her and, and, and how, you know, her role played into all of the whole, you know, shootout at the OK Corral, right? Is that what it is? Yep. Okay. So I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not, um, uh, and, uh, as educated in Westerns and Western history as you are Chandler, but it, interesting, is it not that she's the key person? She's the reason Doc Holliday was there because she yeah. introduced Doc Holliday to the herbs. It's very interesting. Now, she introduced Doc Holliday to the herbs and she saved Doc Holliday's life mm -hmm. so that he could be. Uh, and then Doc Holliday would later on go on to save Wyatt Earp's life. And yes. so it, 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 it's all a very, it, yeah, w without her, uh, that whole situation would have played out completely different. That's very interesting. Now, what, what I'm hearing is that this person, this lady, uh, Miss Kate, probably had Aquarius rising because of her extreme need for freedom and her independent behavior. And it pushes a lot of things around. Like it would push this North node into her eighth house. And the eighth house is sexuality and things that are ruled by, you know, Scorpio and, and Pluto. Right. So that would make a lot more sense in, in her career and, and how, uh, you know, a lot of her behaviors were. It's very interesting um, to see that, you know, it would also push her son here, probably. I'd have to, you know, do some calculating. But if it moved her son to the 10th house, her son in Scorpio with Midhaven in Scorpio could easily be a career as a sexual person. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it kind of, for me it makes more sense that she would have Aquarian, Aquarius rising rather than mm -hmm. Capricorn rising and, and push all of these things around as we go. Right? So are we talking about a matter of hours? Mm -hmm. As in it could be earlier that morning or later that afternoon? Mm -hmm. I would have to play with the calculations, but oh, okay. I'm thinking later that afternoon because we want to push this to here, right? We want to mm -hmm. push this first house cusp to here. Mm -hmm. and 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 re you know reevaluate everything but it does sound much more reasonable 
that her north node in Leo would be in the eighth house, not the seventh house in, mm -hmm. in her choice of career and, and her behavior and how people saw her is so independent and, and, uh, untamable, you know? Yeah. So that, that would make a lot more sense because pushing her, pushing her son in Scorpio to the 10th house, son is career, career in Scorpio, right? And Midhaven in Scorpio, that makes a lot more sense. But wow, very interesting lady. Mm -hmm. She definitely, uh, if, if that North node in Leo was in the eighth house, then that would be, um, you know, she, she, <laughs> she knew what she was doing. She's a, a leader and, and, uh, you know, and entertainment, <laughs> uh -huh. entertainment in the, yep. in the eighth house, you know, house of, uh, uh, you know, illicit things, secrets. Um, uh, yeah, that would make a lot more sense. And her, her, Having her Mars, that would probably push her Mars. Maybe it might push her Mars over to the seventh house, which would mean male partners. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. uh, it would be partnerships with male partners, which she had a lot of those. One-on-one, uh -huh. <laughs> -on -one, I'm assuming. Maybe <laughs> other ways, but I don't know. But yeah, it does. it does kind of... You know, it pushes everything. So it could even push, you know, her Pluto. It, it, it could push everything to where if she had Uranus and Pluto, like in her fourth house, she would be moving all the time. Right. She'd be, mm -hmm. you know, like she kind of did. So. Right. Interesting. That's what gets me about not having a time on these and then hearing you describe the person and then me trying to figure out what does that sound like? You know, and it definitely sounds like she was more of an Aquarius rising, you know, kind of a wild hippie chick. You know, she, she definitely did what she wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So yeah, very cool. Very cool. How her, she connected everything. She was the hub yeah. of all of it. Nice choice Chandler. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, so is there uh, anything else that uh, stands out to you about uh, what what this chart could have been or uh, what this uh, uh, but anything about the big nose Kate herself? Well, I think this is another one of the ones where we could do a separate episode like we've talked about before where we didn't have a birth time, but we were going to try to figure it out, you know, yeah. by behaviors and, and the history and see if we change the rising sign, how everything falls into the houses, you know. Yeah. So I think this is, I think this should definitely put, be put on that pile because I'm very curious to see, you know, redo the whole thing, which would take another hour to uh, do it with Aquarius rising. Uh, well, uh, on our scale of right on the money to way out in outer space, I do think this one is a little bit in the middle. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is because of uh, the lack of information. Mm -hmm. And so uh, at some future point, we will uh, play around with the time and uh, try and get one that uh, makes a little bit more sense. But I, I think there were several things that still uh, uh, made sense. And uh, so uh, uh, in uh, I would just like to uh, uh, reach out to 
everyone uh, who, who's been listening uh, all of uh, last year and uh, as we go into this new year, uh, that we're very grateful to all of you listening uh, all over the country, all over the world, and all of your support. And, uh, you know, we're actually starting to get some uh, uh, some tips, some uh dollars starting to come into our paypal account uh that has been uh, uh really surprising to see and we're very uh, grateful to you uh you know and again uh, that link is uh, included in our uh, episodes and uh just uh whatever you uh feel comfortable uh, giving would be uh, very helpful uh for us to uh continue to uh, improve the quality of the show and uh grow the show and the audience and everything and uh of course, if you'd like to reach out, uh, we are available on socials. We're on uh, Facebook, uh, History and Retrograde. Uh, we are uh, available on email. Please reach out with episode suggestions or uh, comments, uh, suggestions about the show. Uh, that is historyandretrograde at gmail.com. And uh, we're also on Instagram at Retrograde Podcast. And uh, as always, in conclusion, as long as the uh, stars are aligned and their houses are in order, everything will be just fine. Yes, thank you all so much. The tips are wonderful and very, very exciting and such a surprise. And um, yeah, I, I, I think that uh, we're well on our way into 2022, Chandler. And thanks to all of our listeners and the people who are actually emailing other people and telling them they should listen to the podcast. They're so wonderful. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.